Timberwolves, the podcast, the show that is being relieved of its head coaching duties. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode 21. Our KG season. Our KG episode. <laughs> Our KG episode, episode 21. The regular season is over with. May we be fortunate enough to do another 21 episodes and get to our Kevin Love episode. <laughs> oh, I like it. Double up. You get, Double you up. Get, you Kevin get, Love. You get the love. That's oh, right. Oh, uh, well, maybe that's why Bealitz is 88. No, because you double up 42, it's 84. Right, so close. <laughs> Talent should have been 84. <laughs> so close. But yes, the regular season is over. The Wolves have uh, have uh, missed the playoffs for the 12th straight season. So close. I was shocked. So close. Almost had it. Almost was there. It's tough to lose out on the last week. But yeah, we're, we're at that point in the season now. We uh, can't believe it's been an entire uh, Wolves season. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, we're used to ending in April, and then, you know, the postseason happens, and then we kind of shift but it's always but March and April felt like they went so much faster this year, so much quicker. Absolutely, the tanking was not really happening. You know, the team we were winning games in March. We probably won more yeah. games in March and April than we have in like you know on average Absolutely. over the last ten years. Yeah, so it was definitely a fun end of the season. But it's always always sad to see the Timberwolves uh, portion of the NBA year go away. Uh, it goes by fast. Eighty-two games in the books. And uh, today on the episode, we're going to break it all down. We're going to kind of run through. The year that was, uh, the fifteen sixteen Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, we got uh, the NBA offseason's not so bad though because you no. have playoffs until midsummer, and then you're Huge like two months, mo- and then we'll have summer <laughs> Olympic ball this year. Yep, and then you're like a month away from training camp. You know, like it's gonna fly by. This oh yeah, summer is. before we know it, we'll be uh, Olympic we'll be summers always camp. always fly by. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a good one. Uh, today on the show we have power rankings. Uh, we are going to uh, get to our last uh, predicted of the season. We're going to give out our weekly wolfies and of course play a game. Uh, but as we said, we want to start off by recapping the entire season here, the season that was. Um, Scott, it's, uh, it all got kicked off uh, in October slash November on a, on a sour note, uh, to say the least, with uh, the passing of Flip Saunders. That was a bummer. That was a very strange. This season has both started and ended in truly bizarre ways. Yeah, I think the weird, uh, it was like eight days before the season started or something. Mm. It was right yes. before the season started. Crazy. And I remember a couple years back, uh, this is, you know, not much of a comparison, but just stick with me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> a couple years back, I remember being at work when I saw the tweet that was like right before opening day almost. Uh that Kevin Love broke his hand doing knuckle push-ups. Uh-huh. And I was just so like depressed and devastated by that news just because I knew like I had been really looking forward to the season and this team and where it was going to go and what that could be that season. Yeah. And then you're just told like it's going to be a couple months until you get that. Yeah, exactly. We're all it's, waiting for Kevin and then you're yeah. just like you're just like aren't excited for the start of the season at that point. And yeah. this was like 10 times worse than that because it was like he w- Flip was everything to this franchise. He was the architect of what the team is now. He knew what the plans for where they were going. It seemed like he had his finger on the pulse of every aspect of the Timberwolves franchise. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. To, to lose that, you're losing like the nucleus. The nucleus. Yes. You're losing that central part of the... It's, you're losing the core of the system where, you know, everybody, whether it's front office or the players, they had all been there because of Flip. And so when you lose that connection, you could... Uh, there can be a vacuum and, you know, maybe your whole company or team isn't as connected as they once were, you know? Yeah. And like we were just saying about, you know, how qu- how soon, uh, excuse me, how close to the beginning of the season this all happened. You know, we were just talking about looking forward to ne- next year. And it was just so weird how so much excitement for Towns and for this year to start. And then this happens. And it, 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 was, it was almost shocking. like no it, one saw it coming. It was shocking. And it was almost like, can we pause the season? Can we not start this week? Do we have to? Right, and, exactly. But yes, the season had to go on. And, and at that point, I, I, it was almost like you couldn't imagine a season happening just because of how devastating it was and how much flip meant to the team. And I would say that one of my favorite moments, if not my favorite moment of the entire season mm-hmm. was that first night in L.A. when we won and Ricky pointed up. I won. He, like, Ricky <laughs> insisted on having the ball at the end of the game and he like pointed up at Sky as he was walking off. You oh, know? Was, that, was, that was definitely one of the most memorable scenes uh, of the season for this team to get their first win 
right out of the gates. And that spurred them to a, this 8-8 eight and eight start, which was yeah. much better than we expected, um, especially because they had a couple good wins on the road in Chicago, on the road in Atlanta. Um, and they just started the season so strong that a lot of us said, oh, wow. I, I know some people might have even thought if we can stick around 500, maybe we can make the playoffs this yeah. year of playing like this. Yeah, the buzz was good early on. But I think, uh, I mean, they were, I think, very motivated by the recent passing of Flip. Yep. I think that they came out strong at the beginning of the season playing for him. And then, uh, you know, the older like KG just was running on fumes at the end of that stretch, though. You know, like yep, we saw him months. not make it that far into the season because of the toll that it took on his body to play how many minutes we played him in the first, you know, dozen or so games. Yeah, early in the season, it was sort of about the vets, you know, getting out there, Tayshawn and KG starting games, yep. um, you know, Kevin Martin playing bigger minutes, that kind of thing. And, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the season, you look back at that and it was kind of fool's gold in a little bit as far as the eight and eight start. But I think it was smart for Sam to go with that, to start the season with those vets in place, to give the young core going forward, you know, something to kind of base their season off of and say, even if these guys aren't in our lineup anymore, even if KG's not playing, even if Tayshawn's minutes have been declining, you know, that's how we need to play. And we're going to remember that for the, you know, the season. So, so to start out with that, I think was, 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 was great. Yeah. That's the problem with the, uh, the 76ers is they have no veterans. So the young guys come in and they know, they don't know whose example to follow. Think about like any yeah. group you were a newbie in, like think of any uh-huh. group you joined in like college or whatever. Yep. You look to the people who had been there before to watch what they did. And then you knew like what the vibe was. Was. And I think just like that's what Sam did was he put the veterans on the court. And so these new guys who are new to the NBA are like, oh, OK, so that's how NBA players operate. Yeah. We can emulate that. And I mean, maybe too slowly, Sam gave the reins back over the course of the season. But at the end of December, going into the new year, I felt like we were uh, very happy with Towns. We had realized like we had hit the jackpot with Towns. Yeah, uh, we're starting to understand what a stud he was. I still remember like the, that, that first like 20, 30 game stretch was just like when you were still like learning new things about Towns every night. Because after like 30 games, I was already sold like, oh, this guy is it, you know? So yeah, I, I just moves. continued to marvel at him over the season. Yeah. But those first like couple dozen games where you're like, this guy's going to be great. Well, this guy is already great. Oh my God, like how great is he? You yeah, know? it just kept going up and up. He kept, he kept flashing bits of moves and different things. Like, I've never seen that before. I didn't know he could do that. Wow, look at that. And so it just, those things kept coming. Those things are, I think are supposed to kind of die off in a rookie season. You it's know? like when you, it's like falling in love, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just that, like that's that. when you're falling in love. And then I've just been in love with him. That's since. right. Yeah. So, so definitely December, January towns rounding into form. Kind January of showing and February us, though, were pretty frustrating. Yeah. That's when the, I think, yeah, late, late January, we went late on December into really January, February. losing streaks. We looked terrible. Yes. Zach, Zach Levine was at his lowest. He was like scoring like eight points a game or something. Or for like, he, he had some games where he wasn't scoring at all coming off the bench he, yep. he just looked like a really really bad slump for him yep and K- kg uh go you know is shut down for the season in january peck returns for 12 games and then is done i felt so like the ups and downs of that i felt like on our podcast every single week we talked about kevin martin like yeah how he's blocking <laughs> up the rotation how he's mucking up the rotation can't wait for the trade deadline who are we gonna trade him for <laughs> like we'll take anything for him but yeah. that was the topic of conversation on this pod for like three or four weeks straight because yeah. he was uh he was the you know the what is it the the clog in the gears or something, whatever. <laughs> the, so whatever goes in the gears to stop them from grinding, he was that. Yeah. Because we saw that once we bought him out in March, which was too long, we probably should have just, you know, traded him for whatever early on in the season. Yeah. Um, but once we saw it, once he got bought out in March and we moved uh, Levine to the starting rotation, our team took off. Yeah, I, I kind of see, looking back, I kind of see January and early February as the transition period of the season. You started off one way, like I was saying, with some of the vets in there, and then there was the painful middle where we lost, uh, you know, out of 20 games games i think you know we probably only won two or three out of a 20 game stretch yeah. there it was really bad but i think that was kind of like the pains that had to happen to get to where we were at the end of the season so we're talking about a growing uh you know kind of transitional period that happened in, in january and february before the all-star break for sure and in that uh that chewy middle that yeah. really <laughs> terrible part of the season Weird. <laughs> when it was cold when winter was at its coldest uh, and the days were at their the shortest combo of all that stuff yeah. uh, <laughs> during that stretch was also i feel like uh, everyone was talking not just us but everybody was talking about Sam Mitchell and how frustrating it was because at yeah. that time we were definitely not taking threes like we did for the final two months. It seemed yeah. like very restrictive. It was the salty smitch era. The right? salty <laughs> smitch era where we didn't get the rotations. He would put in the whole bench squad in at the same time and yeah. it would be Levine and like Kmart and Shabazz <laughs> and all like the elites yeah. and like Gorgie and poor Gorgie's the only one out there like who's going to pass it to anybody. Yeah. And so like that was just maddening 
interesting because it was like, are they even getting better? That was something we started questioning at that time. Is, yep. is he hurting the development of these young players? And I think that what we saw over the final couple months was that, no, he's not. He's helping them grow. And so the, that was the that was the darkest part of the season. Yeah, that, that was tough to get through. Uh, but thankfully, uh, once February hit, we had, uh, we had All-Star game. That was kind of a palate cleanser, I would say. Team uh, had a few good wins going into All-Star for sure. It's always fun to see in the the national outlets that we love. We love uh, watching videos on NBA.com or, or watching on NBA TV. Yep. And it's fun to see our players on there for once, which never really happens unless it's a big media event like the All-Star Game. Yeah, so exactly. It's That's... always fun to see our young guys get the national exposure. Yeah, and All-Star Game and Rising Stars Challenge and that kind of stuff is is, is uh, not a new thing for Timberwolves fans. That's typically where we shine uh, every it's year. It's our NBA Finals. Young pups in there and, uh, oh, look at the eyes on the rise, that kind of thing. It's our so, All-Star Game, actually. Yeah, so we're always there. Uh, and then, obviously... Um, but this year, I think, was was the best year for the Timberwolves, the All-Star break. Cat's uh, an All-Star next year. That's right. So Towns we, we felt like he, he, I felt like he could have been on the team this year. Towns win the skills challenge. Zach Levine wins the dunk contest. You've got all three of the young guys, Wiggins, in there also in the, in the Rising Stars game. Um, so it's just a great weekend for the team, um, of course. And, and to me, that's where things start to trend upwards, right, after the All-Star break. Um, yeah, you know, if, teams you, get, if you are looking wins. at the season stats and you put the split in right there. Yeah, about the two-thirds mark of the season. We look like an entirely different team. We look like yeah. a competent team. We, yeah. we look like the team that everyone thought after they had 8-8 eight and eight start, that team that could challenge for 500. We actually became that team That's with our right. young guys. Yeah, um, and then right after that, trade deadline. Martin rumored to be traded all season. Of course, he's going to get traded. It's a lock that Kevin Martin gets traded. Nothing happens Nobody in the trade deadline. Him. We get Ricky Rubio rumors. Uh, potentially traded for for Chris Middleton, uh, but uh, you know that was just just a little something Milt was looking at. No big deal. Uh, but yeah, then Martin Miller bought out, which kind of um, the team really changes at that point, right? Right after All Star, the team after we buy out Martin um, Miller we, gets bought out as we well. We start playing the kids. Yep, Tyus, Tyus is in. Zach Levine is now in the starting lineup. Town starts playing like thirty two minutes a night, whereas at the beginning of the season he was playing like twenty five minutes a night or something. Yeah, they the, ramped up his minutes every month. Yeah, and, and the wins start to come at that point. Yeah, we put Gorgie and Levine in the starting rotation. We t- put the tempo way up. Mm. Basically, we went from the first half of the season, we were like a pretty surprisingly good defensive team and just dreadful on offense. Yep. And then as we substituted KG and Tayshawn's minutes out for like these younger guys, we became a dreadful defensive team, but we became awesome <laughs> at offense to the point where yeah. our net rating on offense it was so good that we were like our overall net rating was still a little bit positive. Like, yeah, we could outshoot teams at least because we can't guard them. <laughs> and that's what we kind of saw. There was uh, a lot of fun games with that style of play. We started shooting more threes and yep. uh, we started seeing the young guys get kind of a chemistry together, which was the most exciting thing. Yeah. So March and April, easily the best part of the season. I mean, the beginning was fun, obviously, you know, like, as we said, good wins uh, on the road um, and eight and eight start. That's cool. But I don't know. To, to me, that it's sort of March and April is better because it is it, it is something that projects forward, a projection of the future of what the team is going to be. Whereas with KG and Prince and those kind of wins, you know, you don't know, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It, you know, to me is is more fleeting. Whereas the stuff we saw in March and April points more towards what's going to come uh, here in the future for the Wolves. It became like it's hard to say that. At- I remember any Wolves season where March was like, can't miss basketball. Right. Like, <laughs> even though I knew we were eliminated from the playoffs and we were yeah. going to finish with the worst five record, you know, in the league, I, I still like, couldn't miss a game because it's really fun to watch this team totally. play together. Like Towns is like, can't miss basketball. Yes. Which is huge. Like every once in a while, you'll get a player in baseball where it's like, no, I'm tuning in for his at bat. Got to watch. We can change the channel now for a couple <laughs> innings, but like we're changing it back for his next at bat. Like that's the kind of excitement Towns is bringing to like FSN North. Yeah, and all that is the pinnacle of all that is uh, a couple weeks ago winning at Golden State. You know, winning at Oracle, being one of nine teams to beat the Warriors this season. That's the signature win of the season. Also, a couple other good ones. Ricky Rubio's three at the buzzer to to you oh, know yeah. to, to beat Oklahoma. There's, there's a couple one. other. Ricky gra- started shooting it really well. A couple after other the great break. wins in there, but of course, Golden State. That was the watershed moment for the team this the year. The national television yes. fiesta, and that's the thing too, is because that is when this team um, turned the corner as far as the eyes of the national media goes, as far as the greater NBA Twitter goes. The team was, you know, oh cool, Towns is good, getting recognition for all that. But as far as what the future of the overall team is, I think that was the moment where 
everyone took notice. And now we're kind of like the bucks of last year or whatever, where we're, we're the, you have a great we're spring. The young, we're the young thunder. To you. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Young Thunder 2.0. Yes, Let's indeed. get another one of those free Darko prints out Let's here with go. the Boy Scouts. See that yeah. in the middle. <laughs> have like, you know, Levine being the Harden in that one. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> and Ricky's the Westbrook. You guys can search it online. I know I'm describing a picture yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, so things are good at the end of the season, for sure. You know, um, you know, lots of lots of great signs to end end the season. I also um, appreciated uh, winning the last game at home mm-hmm. because usually, uh, to usually me, throw away. It felt like I've been to a lot of those games, and the fan appreciation I, fan appreciation night is always super depressing because we lose. Like I remember, everyone's Kevin, sitting. Kevin Love's last year, we were playing the Utah Jazz, <laughs> and like Kevin Love had a chance to win it, like at the end of the fourth quarter, and he missed the shot, and so we went to overtime. He had another chance to win it at the end of overtime, and he missed the shot. And uh, we lost the game to the Jazz. And like Kevin Love, like straight up LeBron style, took off his jersey in the middle of the court and walked up. And I was just like, well, that's the last time I ever see Kevin Love. So I mean, usually it's such a bummer. So I looked up the stats before coming here tonight. Yeah. Uh, we've only won three of our final games of the season. Wow. Since the, KG, since the KG trade. Okay. So in modern day. You <laughs> yeah, know, since KG years. got traded. In 10 years. Past <laughs> 10 years. We've only won three of our final games of the season. That's not good. And the last one that we did at home was back in 2007, 2008. Wow. So it, I'm not wrong. Every final game of the season I've been to in the last five, six yep. years has it's been an L. It's been an L. So <laughs> you're always just like, okay, that's a fitting end to a terrible season. I'm a grumpy guy. I'm ready for baseball season. But like not this season. We were, we were so excited when we left that game. Yeah. Franchise high points 144 yeah <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> the future is bright <laughs> an entirely different game um cool okay so let's talk quickly um before we get to our sponsor about uh some some summer things lots of lots of summer changes happening um the team very unexpectedly after the game last night uh their night uh, um, against the pelicans last game of the season announced that sam mitchell has been relieved of his duties and the team will undergo a search for a new president of basketball operations and a new head coach. But most importantly, this search will be done by a third party for the most part. It will not be done by Glenn Taylor. It will not be done from the Wolves front office. I mean, obviously they will have input and involvement. I didn't hear that part. Yes, there's a third party. I'm to change a prediction I'm going to make later in the show. Third party search, uh, search company happening here. They're going to like come this. in. No, no, this is what we've always wanted. The biggest knock on the Wolves and Glenn Taylor for the last 10 years, for his whole career really, is that he doesn't look outside the organization. It's a country club, all this stuff. But now... I, unexpectedly, but here's the problem. Yeah, he Glenn Taylor hired these guys. So how how can we trust these guys? Sure, of course. You know. Well, uh, anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is, this was not expected. We expected, you know, Sam Mitchell's been coaching better. These guys have gotten better all season. There's lots of young guys. Sam Mitchell, while you might not think he should be the coach next year, he had an argument. He had a case to be made for why he should at least be considered. That's not going to happen. I think he's not even going to be considered here in this process. I think he had a hell of a case to be made that he should have the night to celebrate. (laughs) Set of franchise record points. Lawn season is done with. It's a trial. It's like a really turbulent season. Like he had no idea he was going to be head coaching a team all season long. He finally gets a chance to rest and be like, like, yes, season done. And he gets fired before the night's over. Yeah, so tough times like, for Give Smitch. him until Friday. Announce it Friday afternoon when no one pays attention to the news. Yeah. No one will make a big deal that he's not getting a new job. Give him a day to like come back to the office, file some stuff, get clean. Like now you got just like all of his files laying on his desk. And like it's like, well, now we gotta figure out where he saved all of our, our emails and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a new day for the wolves. Uh, going forward, it's going to be a very interesting month here to figure out, uh, you know, who is going to be the next coach, who's going to be the next uh, president of basketball operations. Um, Arnie Kander now hangs in the balance, uh, as reported by uh, Doogie Wolfson today. Um, you know, it's not for sure that he will be gone. Kander, who um, Wolves fans and you and I have been praising all year. He's been incredible. MVP. Team MVP. Keeping guys healthy. Uh, Ricky played 76 games this, this year. He's we- not going to get my Wolfie, but we should give uh, Wolfie to uh, <laughs> yeah, MVP. Like, yeah, MVP season of the long, season. Season long. Uh, so lots of changes this summer. I interrupted you, but you were just about to say something that Ricky's going to play 76 games. Ricky played 76 games this year, um, the most since he played 82 two years ago. Uh, Wiggins, Cat, Shabazz, Zach. Levine, Gorgie Jang all played 82 games. Um, so That's incredible. So the health was was off the charts this season. So we'd like to see Arnie Kander back uh, in the house next year. Hopefully he can do that. We have arena uh, renovations. We have a draft pick. The summer is going to be crazy. Priority number lots. one, get Arnie Kander back. I, 
Bring I, that man back. I didn't know there was a suggestion he might not come back, and now I'm so worried. I know it's 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 a maybe, maybe not. Thing, like, I think for, he's the yeah. most important person to yeah. our future success. Very, like, very important. We can't like lose towns for a year. Do you know how devastating <laughs> that'd be? That would be rough. Tear ACL or something. Yeah, Anthony Davis. That's the thing, right? Ugh. Let's not think about that now. It's all good. <laughs> Arnie, if you're out there, come back. Come on back, bro. We need you. Scott, let's pay some bills. Uh, we have a sponsor this week, and um, they play um, across the plaza from the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's the Target Center. There's the Target Field. Our sponsor this week, none other than the Minnesota Twins. Your friendly neighborhood Minnesota Twins. <laughs> they want us to reach out to Timberwolves fans. Yes. They know you're the diehard Timberwolves fans because you're listening to our podcast. Of course. We're a little niche. <laughs> We're really for only the you know the true diehards. Of course. Which you all are because you're listening. Yep. Um, and so they asked us to reach out to the fan base because they know that the Timberwolves fans more than anyone will appreciate uh, what's going on with the Twins right now over at Target Field, which is they are now the new worst team in Minnesota. Wow, yeah, the, the, the Vikings were in the playoffs this year. The Wild are currently in the playoffs. The Wolves, you know, another lottery season. On the they're rise. trending upwards. On the rise. Yeah, we're going to be in the playoffs next year. The Twins, as we record this, 0-9. 0-9. And, 0 and 9. Yeah. as you listen to this, are either 0-10, 0-11, or 0-12, <laughs> depending on what day of the weekend you're listening i mean we're, we're gonna run into a really cold team as well this weekend in the angels so knock on wood let's I mean, get one let's get one let's get one but at this point i mean i'm not gonna get into baseball talk here they're gonna be bad and as wolves fans you know all you, you probably are used to like going to an empty arena that's right you like low ticket prices due to the team's performance yeah you like no lines at the concession stands you like being you know the only one of one of your friends who watches every single game you know, there are definitely benefits to uh, closely following a bad team. No and one that's sitting in the row in front of you so you can put your feet up <laughs> and move on down. No yeah. one sitting next to you so you can put your coat there. Yeah, totally. So, you know, the Twins are ready to take the position from the Wolves of being the worst team in town. And they just want to let all you Wolves fans know if that's what you're trying to follow, they're right here. They're, they're right, right here in Minneapolis. Yes, they're, they're right, right next, next door. door. You definitely got to go check them out. It's going to be a long season. So, you know, months and months and months of, um, of uh, playing baseball. Thankfully, you know, at least when you're watching the bad baseball, uh, excuse me, when you're watching the bad sports over over at Target Field, you can sit outside. Yeah. You can sit in the sun. Or That's sit right. In the shade. You get to, you know, enjoy the weather. It's good for you. You get that fresh air. When the wolves are bad, you're 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 indoors in the winter, just like you know, chilling in, a, in an indoor boring environment. You know, it's 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 kind of rough to be you know to have to do that. Whereas with the Twins, even when they're bad, they're down ten to zero, or whatever. The food's hey, better. Hey, I'm having a beer. I'm having a hot dog. I'm sitting out in the sun. Whatever. Also. So the Twins can't get any hits, so these games are going really fast. I bet the average Twins game is now shorter than a Timberwolves game because, I mean, you get three hits a game, and, I mean, that's like those innings just fly by. So I just think that, uh, you know, as Timberwolves fans, as the arena gets harder to get into, as there's more bandwagon fans that are harder to put up with, remember, you can jump on a sinking ship once again with the Minnesota Twins, the new worst team in Minnesota. Final power rankings of the season. We're talking about uh, Target Center food. That's right. We're ranking all the Target Center delicious food that we ate all season. We, uh, you know, had an entire segment where we reviewed the food. But uh, this week to wrap up the season, we want to, you know, get, break it down for you in a top 10 sort of fashion. What you should do is when you play the power ranking music, you yeah. should overlay this yes. with the Target Center food review <laughs> sound drop as well. Match up the BPMs and just right. lock it in, DJ because style. it's hard to pick which one I like more, you know? No, That's it's right. not. I like the power rankings one more. I get a little, like when the buzzer goes off, it always confuses me a little. The Target Center food Target reviews. Center, it's yeah. good. It grabs your attention. Yeah. So this is like a combination of, uh, of two food segments. Views. Yeah. Combination of two segments. Should we start it at the 10, though? We're going to start like at 10. Countdown. Yeah, we're, let's start at 10. Let's start at 10. All right. Uh, we went to the game last up. night. Yep. I was intending to get like some of the food I really like this season, like the tot dish tacos, maybe uh, a Jack Mac burger. But yeah. all of the specialty food was pretty much gone last yeah. night. They just weren't serving it. Uh, yeah, they they'd wound down their supply for the end of the season. They aimed conservative <laughs> on the, uh, the, the food they ordered, and so they just weren't serving most of it. Yeah. But that gave me a chance to try the pulled pork burrito. Uh-huh. And 
And I'm glad I did because I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I felt it was just, I feel like you got all the same kind of like uh, toppings and fillings that are on top of the not, the Howland nachos. Mm-hmm. But this is nine bucks. It's like several bucks cheaper than the Howland nachos. And it was just as filling as the nachos. It was enormous. Yeah. And it really was like, it's not quite Chipotle quality, but I felt like it was com- comparable. Yeah. That was the thought what I had when I was eating it. So that's number 10. Plenty of pork up in there for sure. Very good. Uh, big breed. A lot. Probably one of the best bang for your buck uh, type of, uh, right. it, of it, foods in it, the arena. I was happy with the $7 cheddar worst, and this is $9 for this burrito. It's like eating like four of those cheddar worst. Number nine is also pulled pork. It was the pulled pork panini um, that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, that was very enjoyable. The panini selections at Target Center this year were awesome. They had a couple different ones. We're going to get to another one of them. Uh, up towards the top of these that one rankings. Was good. It just needed like a little bit more provolone. Could yeah. taste that cheese. Yeah, need a little need, more mustard. Need a little bit more cheese in there, but for sure the paninis uh, definitely enjoyed them and hope they're back next they're year. Very quality. Yeah, yeah. All right, the one after that. Mac and cheese pizza. I had this uh, the night that you won free pizza. From, That's right. From, uh, from I, uh, who is it? It's, uh, uh, for, I was like, Freshetta. Freshetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, because I, I was brave enough to cross the aisle. <laughs> Scott saw that the aisle of that would going that was going every Timberwolves game, home game, they uh, give away free personal pan pizzas to an entire aisle. Right. Uh, in in, a, in the in Target Center. And uh, Scott saw it was happening the section over. He jumped into that jumped aisle. In. Didn't need to show his ticket. He's good to go. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> Pro great. tipped. If you ever see that happening, developing. It's quite the prize because not only do we get a pizza slice in the arena, I also got a free frozen pizza. Wow. Yeah, so so we got some pizza. We got the mac and cheese pizza. Pretty much just what you'd think it was. Uh, it's just a cheese pizza with a big old scoop of mac and cheese right on the top. I only Very wish enjoyable. they gave us more. I wanted the whole personal <laughs> pan pizza, not just the slice. Yeah, totally. That's So mac and cheese pizza number eight on our list. Next one, number seven, taking it back to our very first food review. Wow. The Buffalo Sliders. Back in November. (laughs) And this is what I'll say about the Buffalo Sliders. I think they set the bar too high for buns because everywhere else, I mean, they they had like the artisan buns. Mm, So soft. And every other bun for every other thing we ate in the arena the rest of the year just lacked in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have those those really nice like Hawaiian buns. Those are, those are really good. Got to have the buns on those. A little coleslaw on there. The buffalo sliders. You that, get three of them. Easy to share. You get three. Um, they're over at the Made in Minnesota section. Um, so I think that was uh, definitely a hit this year. And the buffalo sliders we definitely enjoyed. Speaking uh, of Made in Minnesota, yeah. at number six, we have the Butcher and the Boar Cheddarwurst. Mm, yes, Butcher local and the vendor. Boar. Yes, local restaurant in town. They had Cheddarwurst. Purveyor of my favorite food stand at Target Field. That's right. So when you're going over to watch those terrible twins, at least you can enjoy yourself some rib tips. Yeah, I was surprised with the Cheddarwurst. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be with the Butcher and the Boar name on it, but it was yeah. definitely like I was expecting something more of the mystery meat hot dog product that you get when you order <laughs> yeah. uh, any kind of sausage at a game. Uh, but this was pleasantly surprising. It was much better than that. Yeah, and like you said, only $7. Relatively cheap on, on, the, on this list. Uh, number five, the, going again back to the to the first uh, month of the season, the Tot Dish Tacos. This was made in Minnesota um, item as well. Um, you know, you have a tater tit hot tater tot hot dish uh, scooped into some tortilla shells and uh, we really enjoyed like a uh, great like chipotle spicy sauce yeah, on, the sauce top. on uh, there the topping really was one of my favorite parts about it yeah and maybe aioli it was a uh, yeah aioli i yeah, think is the right that's word that's the word yeah we're, we're supposed to be the culinary snobs <laughs> with our food reviews yeah come on use, use words like come on the the, the sprinkled <laughs> aioli may it really open up the flavor of mm. the tater tot hot dish yum but uh it was a great price point you get a few of yep. them and i was disappointed i couldn't have one last night a little heartbroken to be yeah honest. they did not have them another one of the products that were wound down for the end of the season for sure uh number four in our power rankings target center food from this season of timberwolves basketball the wiggy witch um definitely um you know the most delightful item we had this year um you know the panini with nutella and uh marshmallow in there and of course um just to top it all off the side of milk just a just a great just a great little touch very state fair very minnesota uh, excuse me target field um Timber, uh, twins baseball-esque you know just going for the extra little something on minnesotans there. love their milk yeah love a little side of milk with Mauer. something that's like gonna be sticky in your mouth very much a dessert treat um for you i really appreciated them kind of reaching on this one all these other things are kind of standard kind of safe kind but of it standard, is kind of safe wiggy wheats just came out of nowhere inventive. Yeah. i want to see more of that 
I want to see more. I want to see season. more weird stuff. Like I want stuff that's just like I'm going to try it not because I think it's good, but because look how weird that is. Yeah, baseball does a lot. You of want that. something where you can't pay anyone to get this for you at a restaurant anywhere else. Exactly. You have to make it at home if you want this thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, what's Town Sandwich going to be called? Like the <laughs> yeah, they got to do a Towns one. The for Turkey next Towns. Year. The tur- <laughs> Turkey Town. Turkey Towns. I that's like the it. panini. Yeah. What's next, Scott? Number three, we have the Howlin' Nachos. You oh. get you get a boat. Yeah. Of chips. You get such a big bucket of chips. This is huge. And then they just dump like a ton of toppings on top of it. And I could eat Mexican food every single day of the week. (laughs) No problem. It's something that uh, my wife and I, you know, fell in love over. Just eating it. Like, (laughs) we would be like, we had tacos for lunch. You want to have tacos for dinner? Yes. Yes. So it's already high on the list just because of that. My only complaint was they need to mix those toppings in a little bit more. Yeah. There's all these chips on the bottom and all these toppings on the top. They need to mix it up. But wow, those toppings and those ingredients are very good. The pico, cilantro, so many great toppings on there for sure. Just mix it up. Get a little, get a little uh, presentation going on that. All right. Number two, uh, we have uh, the breakfast burger. That was um, had the eggs, know, had the eggs on there. Had the had the tots underneath. Uh, really enjoyable to have your toppings, you know, spill over onto this bowl mm, of, uh, right. of, uh, of 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 potatoes. You know, t- tater tots down there. So you know, just just really good. Huge burger. Um, great toppings on there. Um, and definitely, you know, I'm biased on this one for sure. I love a breakfast food. I love a breakfast menu for sure. So this burger was no brainer. This is like one B for me. Cause I really like this one. Yes. It's kind of on the same level as our number one, which yeah. is a Jack Mac burger. Yeah. Another one of the specialty burgers. If it had like a, uh, an extra patty on top but that patty was like <laughs> deep fried Mac and cheese ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of these burgers, you get the same stand this season and, um, they were they they really blew us away. They they really were the top food that we had this season. Both both Jack Mac and breakfast, um, you know, really surprised us again with all the tater tots you get in that bucket with all the toppings that are on there. It's it was it was really something, and I'm I'm glad we had both those. We had them the same night. And yeah, it was I fun. think one of my bigger complaints again about the the food that's not so great at Target. Uh, not field, but center is that, uh, you know, sometimes it does feel kind of slapped together where it's like, let's mm. just piece yep. this together with this. Yep. And now if we dip these chicken tenders in a Buffalo sauce, we can call them Buffalo chicken tenders. <laughs> but like, I like that, uh, you know, that this felt like they, the foods combined really well. Like I felt yeah. like the burger and the toppings mixed well and they mixed well with like the potatoes that you got in the either fries or tots, whatever you wanted. Yep. And like, I felt like, you know, it was a whole package. Absolutely. So those were our top 10 power rankings from Target Center Food this year. Let's hope that uh, we get a refresh menu. Get weirder. Next year. I think they, they have to going. feel con- uh, encouraged because this is a baby step forward. Yeah. Now let's take one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, I think in past seasons, I think like, you know, two to four new items were kind of like the norm to, to introduce some new things, but we're not going to rock the boat too much. Whereas this season, they really went for it. They really had that made in Minnesota section was totally new this year. You know, so entirely new menu there, different, lots of different items um, and lots of different beer, too. I know we just talked about food here, but they really upped their beer game this year with lots yep. of different vendors, excuse me, lots of different breweries and vendors um, from it's around the welcome. state. Very welcome. Yeah. So, so a lot I of think, my favorite local brews in there. I had Day Tripper at the, this week's game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Liftbridge Farm Girl as well. One of my favorites. So, you know, I think they could they could step it up, though, because like Target Field, I'm not afraid to admit it. Like I'll pay like five ten dollars for a ticket to yep. see the twins because they've been bad. And they're <laughs> going to continue to be bad. Go see the twins, guys. Sure, this is so sure, cheap. Sure. Uh, I'm just saying that because it's our sponsor this week. <laughs> um, but I'll get like a ten dollar ticket and then go to the twins game and spend twenty two dollars at the butcher and the boar. Butcher and the boar is yeah. called the experience. You get a bucket full of the rib tips that are easily the best food item in the game. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious bucket of rib tips. You get a beer. I always go for the day tripper. Like I just said, they Indeed. have a day tripper there. I get Indeed. a day tripper beer, and then they serve you a shot of Knob Creek whiskey. A little bourbon for you. Right there. Yeah. And so, like, you know, they give you an experience. And That's I'm willing a lot. To, I'm willing to pay over $20 for that. Yeah. So don't be afraid, Target Center. I'd rather pay $20 for, like, something really quality like that than, like, you know, 14 bucks for, like, a so-so yeah. burger and you some so You can bring your prices fries, up. You know? right? Bring your prices up, for sure. Well, as long as they're bringing the quality up, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. You got to have that. They got to just commit to getting, like, the next level up and trust that fans can pay that. Now. Absolutely. As All long right. as there's cheap alternatives. That does it for Power Rankings for us this season. Thanks for... Uh, 
you know, uh, following us as we uh, as we eat a bunch of food at Target <laughs> at Target Center this year. Thank you. You're uh, you're ranked number one in my heart uh, power rankings. Fans. Adorable. All right, Scott. Let's get to uh, a portion of the show where uh, we predict it. We'll predict it. Yes, it is predicted. We uh, have done this all season long. We have prognosticated about uh, what will happen this season. And uh, as we look back on this season, turns out uh, we weren't so good at our predictions. Our you, predi- not too many of them came true. I won't apologize. <laughs> I won't apologize for we did the best a we low could. batting average because <laughs> we were bold. You know, it's just like in baseball. You've got to have a low batting average. If the times you do hit the ball, you're hitting it over the fence. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's, that's what that's we're what doing. Do. you got to do that with We're predicted. taking big cuts. and We we'll can't hit. just say, you know, Ricky will be top five in steals this season. That's yeah, like, come easy, on. Easy peasy. Come on. That is going to happen, and we know it. So predict it is about, you know, reaching a little bit. That's what you're saying. We're not getting a lot of these right, but we're hitting homers, not singles. Okay, so let's quickly go through some of our missteps this year. <laughs> okay, I said Wiggins would have a 40-point game game that's not my problem that's on wiggins well, wiggins what was his high what did he have what was the most I think he had like 35 yeah 35 you'll, yeah. you'll do a quick double check while i admonish wiggins come <laughs> on wiggins like you have a carte blanche to shoot as much as you want you know kobe would get 40 points this season if he were you you want to be kobe you got to step up and want it man there's so many times where you could get it you could easily get to the line 15 times in a game hit a couple threes He's just not taking the shots because he likes to share with his buddies, Towns and Levine. He's such a good team player. But no, he's got to have a game where like Towns sprays an ankle, I guess, because uh, Wiggins just needs like if he could if he wanted it, he could have it. And so, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for the beginning of the season daring to think Andrew Wiggins would score 40 this year. Yeah, I'm trying to see like, uh, you know, how many points. He might have had this year. I think you know, thirty-five was top. I can't let's see thirty-three. Scrolling through basketball just, reference. Just see what he did against thirty-five. I see a thirty-five. Just see if what he did against the Cavs, because that's got to be his career high, right? Yeah, thirty-five is the tops of what he had this season. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like five more points, that's nothing. You just got. And want it was it. against Cleveland. Yep, it was when it was the it was the home game against Cleveland. So thirty-five is is where it was on the Britt and Bauer podcast, which you should listen to. Mm-hmm. I think it was Britt who pointed out that Wiggins is just like could have care less about the hype. <laughs> like he only does stuff that's uh, like good for the bottom line, which is when he doesn't yep. care about the like round numbers, like forty, I guess. More so. predicted. Uh, here I predicted that Carlton Towns would make more threes than Ricky this season. Uh, Ricky made uh, more than more than double what Cat had. Cat was thirty of eighty eight from three this season, and uh, Ricky was sixty two of one ninety. So Cat had the better percentage, but that wasn't what I predicted. I predicted he'd make more shots, and uh, that did not come true. Ricky, I'm happy though about this. Ricky was shooting well this season though, and had a pretty good percentage. He shot more and made more threes than he had. Um, um, in, in in the past for sure. Um, so so Ricky getting more attempts up, and as we saw at the end of the season, they're starting to fall a little bit. So I'm down with that. It's all good. It's all good, and I think Cat will yeah. uh, will trend for, upwards for this as well. Prediction to have been correct, something bad would have had to go for Ricky. You know, like Ricky would have had to not develop as a shooter yeah, or, or miss a lot of shots or miss games. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad this one didn't work out. Also, because it gives me a chance to make more of these right than you. Yep. We also predicted that Sam Mitchell will return as head coach next season for about 90% of the year. I think that was going to be true. I'm still not worried. (laughs) You still think he's coming back? I still think he's coming back. (laughs) I got to ride my prediction out. So I'm I'm just going to hold on to that prediction. We'll have to just check in next season, huh? That's right. And again, we thought, hey, Sam Mitchell or uh, Glenn Taylor, you know, country club style, he's coming back. And then especially... The last couple weeks, that's why this announcement this week that Smitch was already done is so crazy, is that he was just starting to get the buzz. He was starting to get the local media and even the fans behind him. the local media falls for the shtick. Come back like They around. fall for the lie, and the national media is like, yeah, this is how it actually is. <laughs> yeah. You should get better sources, local media. Yeah, so Smitch not back next year, so we, so we messed up on that one. I predicted, no, I predicted. I'm not saying he's not back okay, next year, right, well, okay? Yeah, that one is two, TBA. Well, he, he, okay. Uh, next, Shabazz will uh, start 15 games this season. I thought he would end the season starting, but the Wolves kind of you know figured out their 
starting five with Levine and stuff in there. So, you know, they, Admittedly, they, they settled that. This one's Arnie Cantor's fault. <laughs> sure. Everyone was healthy. No one could step in. Right. If, if uh, Levine or Wiggins go down for a week with, like, you know, a sprained ankle, yeah. Shabazz gets some starts. And so <laughs> I just think that, that we were lucky for you to once again be wrong. You really bet against the team in these predictions. I did, I'm starting yeah. to notice. Yeah, yeah. You, I guess that's a nice, though. You, you, you predict bad things to happen. So when they don't happen, you don't feel bad about being wrong. Yeah. That's a really smart idea. Hey, what else do we have here? All right. I predicted that Andrew Wiggins would win the Rising Stars MVP for the second year in a row, but you can't win the MVP when your team loses. That's right. you got to be on the winning side of things. USA, USA. Zach Levine. Zach Levine instead. MVP. At least we brought the trophy home. Yeah, that's, that's kind of good. like, it's like almost being close, but not. Yeah, we made it work. Uh, I uh, predicted that, uh, or excuse me, you predicted Ricky Rubio would post an Instagram photo from the beach over All Star Weekend. You know, I don't know where he went. I'm he, pretty sure he did go to the beach, but yeah, he just he just time. left his phone at the hotel. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I would say this: in the next two weeks, we'll see one of those photos. Also, season over. Ricky is now yes. like kicking it on a beach. He gets to kick it for a couple weeks. Just keep your eyes on social media. You will see a Ricky yes. Beach photo within the next month. Uh, and then uh, finally, I predicted Kevin Martin uh, would not be the only Timberwolves player moved to the trade deadline. He wasn't even moved. Nobody else was either. Um, that was wrong. We were just hoping some get some movement, get some excitement happen around the trade deadline. Instead, they held on to him and then just cut him. Now he uh, might be an NBA champion at the end of the season. <laughs> we'll oh, <I'll>, see. <laughs> I also predicted that uh, there would be a, some kind of Final Four related like dare where the like you know challenge us to wear yep. like Kansas gear. But everyone's alma mater kind of sucks. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe they all just decided it was a bad year. And none of them had anything to brag about. Scott, let's get to our off season predictions. So we're not done predicting things. We're gonna predict predict, it. predict some things for what is to come. I'm gonna start it off. So what we, are our categories? We're going to give. You, we want to predict who the Wolves are going to draft with. Uh, hopefully, what is the fifth, fourth, third. First pick in the draft. Who knows? We'll, we'll see in about a month. Uh, we're going to predict who the Wolves will hire as a head coach. And then we were going to predict something else, whatever you want. It would be really fun to get the first pick and have and just see all the Canis Hoopas comments doing yeah, the Ingram-Simmons debate. Yeah. Like, oh, can you have two people who can't shoot on the floor at the same time? I'll take Simmons if we get number one. Um, Wolves, uh, I predict the Wolves will draft Jamal Murray from uh, Kentucky. I'd love to have healed, but I just... I think he's gonna go three or four. Uh, so if we're you're tripping, you're crazy. We're a five. You are legit crazy if what? you think he's about, going three four. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what the Celtics do. I think uh, it'd be a reach at five. I think uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I think they'll take Murray uh, from from Kentucky. I think they'll hire Dave Yeager. You know he's done a great job in uh, in Memphis um, this season with uh, all the injuries they've he had. Brought and stuff a D like league team to the playoffs, and you, you oh, just watch. Yeah. He's gonna win one game in that series against the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. So Dave Yeager, you know he's got another year on this contract. Um, I believe. It's a team option this year, so the team would technically kind of have to cut him for it to happen. But he's got lots that team's of, a mess right now, though. Perez not letting us. They have might just Kaplan. want to start Why would he over? let us have Jaeger? The the grit and grind era is, for all intents and purposes, done. So they might just start over. So I think maybe Jaeger will be coming over. So that's uh, grit, kind of, grind, kind of know. a stab in the dark because uh, we don't really have the country club idea to lean on anymore. And then I think Glenn Taylor will find a new minority owner over the summer. That's right. I think, you know, we were looking at Steve Kaplan from Memphis and, um, you know, there's still some smoke there that he could still be in the, in the running for all this. So maybe it'll be him. Maybe it'll be somebody else, but I think Glenn Taylor will find somebody who wants to take 30% of the team for the next couple of years, have the quote unquote training wheels on. It's smart. I think uh, to sell now, like, yep. Five years ago, Glenn made a decision to buy out his minority owners and then saw the price of every NBA team skyrocket. <laughs> yeah. But it's built on this idea that they're valuable because of the TV deals to a certain extent. Yep. And we're seeing ESPN really suffer now from signing huge TV deals for these leagues where everyone's like, we don't need cable anymore. <laughs> yeah, Let's cut the cord. We're good. We're good. Okay, so, Scott, what are your off-season predictions? All right. Despite what I just said about it being a reach. It's not what you want. It's what you think is going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's not what I want. It's what I think is going to happen. Buddy Heal is going to be a Timberwolf. Milt knows that he can't miss on this draft pick. He can't pick a project. He can't pick somebody who's going to look great two years from now because Milt is going to be judged on this draft immediately for his Milt. job. Yeah. So he needs to take a safe pick, a consensus pick, mm -hmm. and somebody who is going to be more ready for the NBA on day one, which a 22-year-old for like a couple years in college. Yeah. you know, Got a little CJ McCollum in him, I think. Exactly. And so, you know what? It doesn't matter if I think it's the right pick or if it's a reach. I think that it's the safest pick for somebody who is being judged to keep his job. Trying to keep his job. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so if I were Milt, I would probably do the same thing sure, too. You know, sure. you're not going to draft like like Henry Ellison, you know, yeah. who is like project. Yeah, he he's a project. And yeah. A lot of these guys are projects because they're young guys. So yeah. I think it's just logic. Yeah. Um, this kind of got my next prediction got kind of shaken when he said there's a consulting firm, <laughs> but I feel like Glenn's still going to go with the guy he knows, and that's Sam Mitchell. Yeah. Bring Sam Mitchell back. You know, I I think there's actually like an argument for it because if you're especially if you think you you might have to change coaches. Uh, before with a new owner or something like don't jerk these guys around with a new coach every year like they did with Boogie Cousins Boogie's had like six coaches in five years that's a lot like that kind of continuity change like that lack of continuity hurts the development of all the players these guys like Mitch they seem to respect him a lot and they're still like in that growing phase where it's like I think like having that kind of family connection of feeling of community and connection to your coach is more important than having like the coach that's going to get us farthest in the playoffs next season continuity matters for sure so what I like to Tom Thibodeau more, of course I would, yeah. but I don't want to change just to change. I want to get someone who's clearly, clearly, clearly better, or just like let's not shake the boat yet because it seems like Especially the players' new ownership is coming. The players in. are responding too, yeah, recently. So I'm going to stay on Mitchell for all those reasons and the reason that come back at from the, end the dead, of the day, back from the dead, they're going to say you're not the guy, and then in a couple months, but at the end of the day, the Glenn always likes <laughs> always likes no like hiring the guy he knows personally. Yeah, you never want to say you know. Although all the reports are Sam Mitchell's out, you never want to you know throw dirt on him until the next guy has been hired. It's so. not like he was hey, fired. Maybe. His contract just wasn't picked up. His contract <laughs> was over, so they would have needed to resign him to a contract regardless. Yeah, he will, so, he will not be the interim. It's not like they said. <laughs> Sam, we don't want you. You're fired. They said, Sam, we're not picking like your contract's over. Thank you for your service. We'll let you know if we're going to hire you. Absolutely. He's going to get a fair shake at us. I'm saying he knows the guys. And then finally, my prediction for the offseason, my optimistic, hopeful prediction, what I'd like the most is we've seen every summer Shabazz like radically work on himself, both physically and work on his game. I think this is the summer where Shabazz spends the whole summer working on his defense. He's going to realize that he's like Derek Williams 2.0. If he can't play defense, he's just going to be this weird tweener who chucks up a bunch of shots. Yeah. And even if he's a good scorer, he's going to be such a minus on defense. You can't ever justify playing him in your rotation for a playoff team. He's got to learn to move his feet. He's on the precipice of being that kind of guy. And if he wants to stick around with this up and coming team, he needs to show that he can earn his minutes by playing defense with the hunger that he plays offense. And so I think uh, I... I think Shabazz is a smart kid, and I think uh, Shabazz has shown that he's willing to devote his whole summer to improving his game. He works hard. And my prediction is next summer we're going to see Shabazz with a renewed intensity. I love it. I hope so. I love Shabazz. I hope he's back with the team. Uh, Team has some decisions to make on guys like him and Gorgie and a couple other guys. He'll be restricted after the next season. Yes, so I hope Shabazz comes back and uh, works on his game a little bit more so uh, we can make a decision on him. That's our uh, predicted for the season. Those are our off-season predictions predictions so uh, you can uh, tweet at us when yeah, things it, go down on these fronts maybe we should predict that like Towns is going to win rookie of the year so we have an easy win you know one of those singles get one of those singles yeah, get on base us, make us look good make us look good raise the batting average yeah so those are our predictions um, we, uh, we'll, we uh, up next we have our weekly wolfies now presenting your weekly Wolfies. Giving away awards to, um, you know, whoever whatever. we think this week uh, deserves some awards. To whatever, for whatever. Absolutely. I'll start us off, Scott. I wanted to give uh, uh, my weekly Wolfie uh, to Ricky Rubio's appearance on Woj's Vertical Podcast. Adrian Wojnowski from Yahoo Sports has a podcast called The Vertical. It's very good. I haven't listened to this yet. Yeah, it's very good. It's about, you know, it's usually like 40-minute interviews that kind of uh, dive deeper than what's happening these days. So they don't really focus on this season. They kind of look back on how they got into the league, lots of GMs, lots of front office people. But these days, you get into some players. It's about the climb. And Ricky was on this week's, and uh, it's very clear that him and Woj have a long history. He talks about watching Ricky um, as he entered the league, as he was in um, you know EuroLeague and stuff before he was in the NBA. Great stories about overseas stuff, and uh, I won't give it away, but there's a great story about when Ricky met KG and what happened in their first pickup game uh, when they played together. So I'll leave that one for you to go look at. But Ricky Rubio on the vertical, really good stuff, um, you know, talking about this season, but also talking about his past and what it was like playing in the Euro League and what it was like playing professionally at the age of 16 and uh, where Ricky is at right now. So go check that one out. My Weekly Wolfly goes to Ricky on Woj's Vertical Podcast. 
All right. I really like that. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, I'm going to turn, I'm gonna even turn smart speed off. I'm going to listen to Ricky <laughs> no, with every awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it all. I want to hear how long it takes to think of what word he's thinking about. I think that we can uh, win lots of games. I thought he'd be better at English at this point. Like, he's good. He's yeah. better than Bielitsa. But I, he's been in the league for five years now. It's a little, a little rough around the edges. So. That's how I feel about David Ortiz. <laughs> There's just some guys like that just a hugely hustle. popular athlete for like 20 years. Like, yeah. how, how are you? Like, I think you just pick it up. I mean, osmosis. once again, this is us throwing shade when we don't know a second language. Yeah, We're can't. such idiots. We can't learn that. So to anyone who's bilingual, mad props. You yeah. have a whole different level of intelligence that Neil and I are too dumb to have. But yes. I agree. I think that, you know, he would have yeah, at least gotten some of that Midwestern stretching of the vowels, you <laughs> yeah, know, draw it out, draw it out a little bit, but yeah. no, still, still fiery. Scott, who do you give in your weekly Wolfie to? My weekly Wolfie is kind of a year long award. It was okay. another theme of our podcast. Yep. A lot of the year, my Wolfie of the year for how do you treat your fan base like this? You haven't been, you've been a losing team for 10 plus years now and haven't been to the playoffs and you treat us like this award. Goes to Flash Eats. <laughs> nice. God, how do you screw your fan base like this? You have no fans in the crowd and you treat your fans like this? Like, I mean, I, I get that they have to put on a happy public face about it and say the tone deaf things like, this helps the market. And, you know, like, this is the free market at work. And like saying dumb stuff like that is obviously a bold faced lie for public yes. relations purposes. I hope that they internalize all the criticism they hear and just are like, okay, next season we have an alternative. You know, you don't have to have flash seats. Yeah, I think I think there was an appropriate fan response to the flash seats this year. And uh, hopefully things get ironed out for next year. But I think that's, you know, part of the award is that flash seats happened and a, a subset of the fans pushed back and kind of let the team know they filed a lawsuit. They filed a civil action That's what I'm saying. lawsuit against it. So the fans Why did a lot Why are you treating your few fans? Like you have so few fans, Timberwolves. You've been bad for so long. You're going to treat the few diehards that have been coming up and paying like NBA market prices to yeah. get into your games for the last five years when you've been serving us a D-League product. Like we love this Timberwolves team, but you know, don't treat us like idiots here. You know, like, yeah, don't so, treat your fans like scum until you have too many of them that you can treat them like scum, like the Vikings or something. I like the utility of flat seats but what they need to get rid of is the is the price the pricing structure you know the limits on how low you can put your tickets to me that is the main um you know silly part of all this i i like it as an app i like it as a, a mechanism to enter the arena don't give me paper tickets but you know should, that's they, where you need to could, change it could be nice to have a paper ticket option i had a situation on wednesday where i had come from work and then we were mm -hmm. left really fast to get to the game in time for our gorgie bobbleheads that yep. we need to get and uh, my battery was dying on my phone. I had oh, no. less than 10% left on my phone when I scanned my flash seats ticket. Wow. And then they give you the paper ticket at that point. Yep. So it's not like they're against wasting paper. They'll still waste that paper when you get that. there. No, it's not about they that. They don't care about the environment. Yeah. It's all about uh, piracy, you know? And I'm just saying, like, what if my phone died? We would have been up, up the creek. No corgi bobbleheads. That's our weekly wolfies for this week and for the end of the season, you guys. Uh, we're giving out awards. I'm sure we'll do this again next season. Some awards to give yeah, out. We, we, Always we fun. made this category way too Always late. Fun. We're going to definitely do it next season. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's uh, Scott, let's close up the last segment of our last podcast of the season uh, with the game, as we Ooh. do every year, every episode. We get a game. We get finished out with a little bit of fun, some quizzes, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, this week you have the quiz. You're going to quiz me on some things. What, what, what do we have? What we, we did this with? earlier in the season about okay, yeah. NBA draft picks, and I'm going to use that same example because I did write a new example. Okay. This is before and after. It's like the Wheel of Fortune game where you take two phrases that share a common word, and then you kind of stitch them together. Okay. For example, example, this is uh, what I used last time. If I said, name the Chrysler minivan that was picked first in the 2015 NBA draft, you would say Carl Anthony Townsend Country. Got it. Got it. Got to combine two things together. These are a little harder this time. Oh, boy. A couple of them are weird. Oh, boy. All right. Embarrass me on the PCAST. I believe in you. All right. All right. Number one. This is all about, like, year-end stats and stuff, kind of. Okay. Looking back at the year. I thought it would be appropriate thematically. <laughs> Number one. Don't call the team's fourth leading scorer Cassius. <laughs> That's it. Don't call the team's fourth leading scorer Cassius. And I gotta say it, uh, fourth league scorer uh, Cassius Clay. So that is uh, fourth league scorer. No, don't call him Cassius. Don't call him Cassius. Don't call him Cassius. That's the clue. That's not his name. Um, I give up. What is it? 
Shabazz Muhammad Ali. Shabazz Muhammad Ali. Don't call me Cassius. My name is Muhammad Ali. Should have known that one. Fourth leading scorer. Oh, Shabazz. Wow. Fourth leading scorer. Shout out to Shabazz. Come off the bench scoring fourth most. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's in like total points and points per game. Shabazz Muhammad Ali. Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for this now. All right. Okay, next one. It's just going to get harder. Number two. The champagne of beers led the team in effective field goal percentage despite a midseason buyout. Uh, Andre Miller High Life. Yep. Andre Miller High Life. There we go. <laughs> All right. Back Let's on track. Back, back on, on track. track. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. This one's probably the most out there and personal one. Oh, boy. After playing the seventh most minutes, this digital Persian parkour pro wishes he could rewind time with a magical sand-filled dagger. <laughs> what? Okay. After seventh most minutes on the team, this digital Persian parkour pro Wishes he could rewind time with a magical sand-filled dagger. Uh, boy, Aladdin. Uh, it's Aladdin, but who is it? Who is Aladdin on the it's team? Not Aladdin. It's a video game. Oh, uh, Prince of per- uh, Tayshawn, Prince of Persia. There we go. Yes. There we go. Yes. Prince of Persia. Sands I didn't get of time. the. Da- I didn't get the dagger part. Okay. Part. Prince of Persia. Sands of Time is Aladdin, my favorite game of all time. Aladdin. Probably. One of my know, favorite games. You know, he's singing a song while he's running through the streets. Oh, yeah. That could have been it too. Aladdin. Okay, Prince of Persia. Thanks for the hints. I just need a hint sometimes. I feel like Aladdin would have to be like Al Jefferson, like Big <laughs> Aladdin. Big Aladdin. Thanks for the hint. All right, number four. The, this baseball executive, oh, excuse me, I'm going to start over. The baseball executive who signed Jackie Robinson finished the season with 494 more steals than his next best teammate. Tyus Jones. No, this person finished with 494 more steals than his next best teammate. Right, so it's Ricky Rubio. I don't know who the GM is though. Ricky Henderson is not. Is, is not. Is not. Nah, he's, 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 I, he's. I had a feeling you might not get this one if you just don't know the guy. What's he, the baseball? He's Harrison Ford in the in the Forty Two movie. Yep, don't know it. Branch Ricky Rubio. Branch Branch Ricky is the name I was looking yep, for. Branch Ricky. Branch Ricky. He also drafted Roberto Clemente. That wow. guy was ahead of his time. Crossing over into baseball land. Branch Ricky Rubio. It's baseball season. Okay, this Dang. one. This one. I hope it will be a little easier for right, you. Right. The national holiday with historically awesome NBA programming was bought out in March. Bought out in March. The NBA national the national holiday with historically awesome NBA programming was bought out in March. Kevin Martin Luther King Day. Yes. Yes. Kevin Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. There it is. That's good. I'm glad you got that one. Okay. How many more do we have? This is the last one. Okay, one it's a more. Bit of a stretch. One more, one more. When you take Advil after watching this wolf play, you get this. <laughs> when you take Advil after watching this wolf play, you get this relief. When I think of Advil and their slogan, I think of relief. You take Advil, you get relief. Relief from what? Say the whole thing again. When you take Advil after watching this wolf play, you get this. Uh, so it's... Adrian Payne relief. Adrian Payne relief. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. He did I wrote, it. I wrote an alternate one that was weirder for Adrian Payne. The worst player on the Wolves is the comically inept servants of Cartoon Hades. Oh, nice. Adrian Payne and Panic. Payne and Panic. Payne and Panic from Disney's Hercules. Hercules. That's a good. That's a good Disney movie. All right, we played a game. We did the show. We did the season. Thanks episode for listening. Episode twenty one is as a wrap. That's a wrap on that. Thank you guys for uh, listening to our show all season long. I can't believe we did 21 episodes in a row. Um, that's pretty crazy. That's a lot of podcasting. Uh, we appreciate you guys following along, tweeting sharing, at us, sharing yeah. it with your friends, sharing your it friends to your know. Timberwolves friends. Because we only that. know like you know a couple dozen people. So if you yeah. take it and share it with your friends, then we get the reach. The Timberwolves know? community is still growing, so we we definitely yeah. Uh, need and now your help. if you've been listening to us all season, you're officially entitled to be a hipster when this team makes the playoffs. You can yeah, like, you're in. I was there when they only won 29 games. That's right. I was I was there way before you. That kind of thing for sure. Uh, we uh, we're gonna be done uh, here for the regular 
regular season, regular scheduled Friday episodes. That's a wrap for us this season, but we will uh, we'll be around. We'll, we'll be, hang out. We'll be uh, we'll be touching base. We'll be tweeting forever. Just yep. keep it coming. Uh, that's at Wolvescast. At Wolvescast uh, all off season, and then again next season for sure. But uh, we're gonna have some summer, some one off shows happening, some spot shows. Neil um, Neil is so dedicated to the pod. He scheduled his national tour. His yes. band's national tour. Cuckoo Kangaroo. Yeah, check out going Cuckoo on a national Kangaroo. tour. I would say. See them when they come to a city near you. But That's this right. is Tim Rolls podcast. You're all in Minnesota. You're in Minnesota. We got some Minneapolis shows. Hey, Hank isn't here. Hank lives in Iowa. And when you're you in Des Moines, he can come out and see we're, you. We're so playing, this one's for Hank. We're playing in Hank, Des Moines. By the way, Hank, I'm sorry I haven't emailed you back. I'm a big <laughs> jerk. I've had a lot of weird stuff going oh, no. on in my life. I had to finish some tax stuff today. Yeah, I've been like thinking about you, Hank. And I really, I'm going to email you back, bud. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll be on tour this summer, but then yeah, we're going to hopefully maybe you're do... taking a break so that you can come back to Minnesota from your national tour just to talk about the uh, the NBA draft. That's you, right. And we're also going to have a lottery pod, and we'll probably have an Olympics pod. So yeah, whenever big stuff happens this we'll season, we'll uh, hopefully be able to weigh in via audio in your podcast podcast feed so keep subscribing to us and uh, watching out for what we are posting up that kind of thing uh, but it's been great doing shows for you all all, uh, all season long crazy who knew we'd get to 21 we who? said we were going to do a few and reevaluate <laughs> at the new year you know yeah we made it to 21 that's awesome great. it's been a lot of fun i want to do it again next season we're going to we're going to do it for sure yeah it's just a matter as long of as you don't die on tour yeah it's all good it's all good but uh, thanks for listening this season everybody we'll be back next year all right everybody thank you for listening i love you all and remember, until we see each other again, malt does more than Milton can to justify God's ways to man. <laughs>